Aloha, howdy. Howdy, partner. Yeah. I feel like I needed to get accustomed to Santa Fe, so I'm just trying to get that Santa Fe culture. All I'm missing is like a turquoise bolo tie. You've been you've been in Albuquerque forever, and just so much change between Albuquerque and Santa Fe now. Yeah, for sure, dude. This is Santa Fe Geo now. Oh yeah, like I'm gonna be more of an elitist. I'm gonna write more poetry. You were just telling me about your your white privilege you have now. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. I work. From home, if I want to. If not, I can work in my cubicle on the upstairs of a bank now. Congrats, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for context, been... Gio is the one who said he had white privilege now. So... Oh, yes. I have white privilege. So you have to call me now John Ferdinand the third, even though I don't know my grandfather. Hey. And there's no other John Ferdinands, but... It's going to be John Ferdinand the third, and when, if I ever have a son, it'll be John Ferdinand the fourth. Well, I hope that day comes. Thanks, man. But speaking of white privilege, about a white man that didn't really have much privilege, we're going to be talking about pitcher Rube Waddell. You have no clue who he is, don't you? I had no idea. You just told me you want to do an episode on him. And I was like, all right, okay. let's, let's freaking rock. So in context, I first heard about this guy on the podcast, The Dollop, and uh, it's like an hour episode. It's so good. Uh, a friend of mine showed it to me, but I really wanted to go over it myself, and I have his uh, Wikipedia page up. So for context and for sources, there are no, any, there are no copyright uh, lawsuits or whatever, just in case, but yeah, we're going to talk about- I worked in school, right? With Wikipedia. Exactly. Works. <laughs> You know, we're we're a couple of corporate guys. We made it yeah. far, you know, I'm super, because of Wikipedia. I'm the most corporate. I know, dude. Cannabis corporate. <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about Rube Waddell. So just in context, his name isn't really Rube. His first name is actually George Edward Waddell. Mm. But Rube is like a nickname back in the day that's like for Hick. Mm-hmm. It's like Rube Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. So let's just start off with his early life. Waddell was born on October 13th, 1876, just outside Bradford, Pennsylvania. He grew up in the countryside of Prospect, Pennsylvania. Biographer Alan uh, Levy wrote that Waddell was a decidedly different sort of child. At the age of three, he wandered over to a local fire station and stayed there for several days. He did not attend school very often, and he strengthened his arm as a child by throwing rocks at birds he encountered while working on his family's land. (laughs) He also worked on mining and drilling sites as a youngster, which helped his conditioning. So you already see, like, he came from a very, like, humble beginning. I got some notes so far. Um, One, similar to John Elway... He used to just throw shit at, at, at stuff. That's why you got a strong arm and accuracy. Two, your reading voice is just like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's straight straight into like, and Rube Goldberg was, I love it. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I got to start teaching classes now. So that's how I'm going to be reading to my adult <laughs> students. <laughs> All right. All right. So Waddell's career... Uh, wound through a number of teams. He was notably unpredictable, 
early in his career, he once left in the middle of the game to go fishing. Hmm. <laughs> that sounds appropriate. Yeah. He also had a long-standing fascination with fire trucks and ran off the field to chase them after uh, after them to chase after them during games on multiple occasions. Was this when he was a kid? No, this is when he's an adult. He went chasing after fire trucks as an adult. Yes, as a professional baseball player. Was this in, the, in a car or on foot? On foot. He would run after them. All right, so you're you're gonna get to this <laughs> right because he lived at a fire station as a kid, right? No, for several days. Several days. <laughs> His parents were looking for him. <laughs> what the hell? So he's just a lifelong fascination with fire trucks. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, just to give you context, uh, he this is like in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Back when firemen used to set up fires to fight each other. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So <laughs> that's not even the crazy part. He would disappear for months at a time during the off-season, and it was not known where he went until it was discovered that he was wrestling alligators in a circus. Hmm. This is a legit a real person. Dude. Probably, well, was probably real more money at that time than baseball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> so you're going to love this. He was easily distracted by opposing fans who held up puppies, which caused him to run over to play with them, and shiny objects, which seemed to put him in a trance. So he was the grandfather of ADHD in this country. Oh, definitely, bro. Cool. <laughs> An alcoholic for his much of for much of his short life. The softball reportedly spent his entire first sighting bonus on drinking binge, with Sporting News dubbing him a sousepaw. His eccentric behavior led to constant battles with his managers and scuffles with bad-tempered teammates. Oh, I love this guy. He's, by the way, he's my favorite baseball player of all time. That's awesome. That's, that's a good era, the, the, that like... Honus Wagner type era, whatever. Yeah, because uh, you know uh, this is like during like the Cy Young era too, mm. and he was like legit like a way, like he was a better pitcher than Cy Young. Mm. Like, just so you can see, he had two thousand three hundred and sixteen strikeouts in his uh, short career, and he played from nineteen o five, no wait, nineteen o two. Give me a second. No, never mind. From nineteen, I mean, 1897 all the way to 1910. Mm. All right. So Waddell's first professional contract was for $500 with Louisville, where he pitched two league games and a couple of exhibitions with the team at the end of the 1897 season. When the season ended, he was loaned to the Detroit Tigers of the Western League to gain professional experience. After defaulting on rent... And being fined by the owner, George Vanderbeck, he left Detroit in late May to pitch in Canada before eventually returning to Homestead, Pennsylvania to pitch semi-pro. Sorry, baseball there. <laughs> however, <laughs> I was like, uh, this is where however. You know he's teaching his, his, his class and adults. He's like, sorry. Uh... Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I wasn't prepared for this. I was like, gotta get some notes, brother. 
I know, bro. Would, hey, this is totally just... Rube. This is perfect for Rube, though. I mean, Rube would get distracted, obviously. You know, so definitely. This is bro. the perfect podcast to honor. <laughs> I'm also drinking White Claws just in his honor, too. Dude, uh, what what type of White Claws? OG White Claw? No, this is Surge. It's uh, stronger. It has like uh, 8% yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. Just so I can get drunk off of three and call it a day. Hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically, we're going to go straight to like later his career. Uh, Waddell's drinking problem was exacerbated by a horrific marriage to May Wynn Skinner, his second of three wives, and a series of injuries in 1905 and 1906. Skinner threatened to prosecute Rube for bigamy because she did not recognize the divorce granted in... Uh, granted Rube in St. Louis. Mm. But the divorce granted by the circuit court in February 9th, 1910, which is my birthday, was legal, so the former Mrs. Waddell had no case. So he didn't know... Like, he forgot to get divorced. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Just because of how great he was. So he just didn't... Uh, yeah, pretty much, dude. So... The b- let's bigamy see what we can find. multiple wives. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. That's yeah, pretty much pretty much what it exactly is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after his major league career was over, Waddell pitched parts of three more years in minor leagues, including 20-win uh, season for the Minneapolis Millers. I didn't know you had a team. I don't. I don't, bro. <laughs> That's my, my – uh... My great-great-great-grandpa. Yeah. In addition to pitching for the Millers, he pitched for the Minneapolis Rough Riders and the Virginia Ore Diggers of the Northern League in 1913. By that season, however, his health had declined to such an extent that he no longer resembled muscular, long-limbed hero of the prior decade while in spring training with the Millers. Waddell helped save the city of Hickman, Kentucky from a devastating flood in spring of 1912. Catching pneumonia, he lost much of the vitality that he had sustained him. And second, and the second flood in Hickman and another ensuing case of pneumonia in 1913 took the rest. The same year, while in Minneapolis, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis and moved to live with his sister in San Antonio, Texas. His health was never recovered and he was placed in a sanitarium nearby Elmdorf until he died at age 37 in April 1st, 1914. Mm. But uh, just so we can get more in context about his career, dude, he would literally show up the time of the game. And instead of going to like the back where like through the locker room and getting dressed with the players and like practice before the game. So he will get there exactly the time of the game through the crowd, taking hot dogs away from fans, drinking their beers and then go straight to uh, the field and just change in the middle of the field. It's perfect. Dude, he's a fucking G. It's, he's a Nate Diaz. <laughs> Definitely, dude. Uh, and he also saved 13 people from drowning. That's, that's that's the old school type of baseball player, those, those guys. <laughs> dude, we need to bring those type of players back. I God, who is that pitcher? I think he's he was at the Astros for a bit. Real crazy dude. It'll come to me, but he was, he reminds me of that. Oh yeah, for sure. By the way, how about those Astros, dude? Them Astros. Congrats to them, dude. 
I think Granky, yeah. Zach Granky is his name. Oh yeah. I think like personality traits. I think pitchers probably if you were to, like go across the board, like very similar to like goalies. And I think I was I, I yeah. read somewhere that it was like Tourette syndrome is like common in professional athletes. And I feel like it's and it's higher in pitchers too. Oh yeah, for sure. You know. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, do you think that pitchers should bat again, like they used it's to? So, well, they do in one league, you know. So, yeah. But it's super exciting watching Shohei Otani pitch, and, and you know he was leading his team this whole year, pitching, you know, hitting yeah. all that stuff. So I think it's exciting. I mean, AL and I'll do whatever the hell they want. That's baseball. Um. Yeah, and I'm shit. I'm all for it. I think it's fun. I feel like it just makes it more of a strategy too, you know. That's all baseball is really. It's like I mean, even even they have no uniform stadium size. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like you you go to that's fucking that nice. Like you go to like Fenway and then Colorado the next week. Way different experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Also, this guy had a a pre-game ritual uh, before the game, and he would actually get really drunk at Mm -hmm. bars at the point where he would put on an apron on and start bartending for the bar before a game. beautiful. This guy. So I'm curious. So you, like this, we're kind of like curating from a podcast on Wikipedia right now, right? I'll be real with you. I've never heard of the dollop. Oh, it's good, dude. There's good shit. Historical? Uh, uh, it's two comedians talking about history. Nice, nice. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I, there's yeah. just stuff. So, yeah. so talking about this guy, I'm curious. Cause like that era too, there's so many myths. Like when you talk about like players from that era, like, like just athletes, like George Gipp, you know, um, uh, Joe Theismann, you know, we talked Cy Young. Um, we could look at more, but it's like how much of that is like true versus like how much is this like a grandpa or something like that. You know, it's like that. That's what I'm curious about. I feel like this is yeah. real. Dude. And I'm not doubting that. It's just like, where did that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like where someone's like, dude, did you see, like, did you imagine like, they're like, do you see fucking Rube was bartending for the goddamn game? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Well, for reference, this came from a novel called uh Rube Waddell, the zany brilliant life of a strikeout mm-hmm. artist in 2013 so this is a pretty recent book compared to a lot of books but uh i think that's where most people get their information from it's pretty cool i mean it sounds like he's got this like bill murray-esque like mythos like an everyman who just goes and does shit but he's just you know he's still a celebrity yeah and um i'm surprised there hasn't been a film about him i guarantee there will if there was like a recent book you know what i mean but yeah they have to He's a Hall of Famer. I also feel like it's really hard now <laughs> to make historical figure movies. Like P.T. Barnum, right? Made like yeah. The Greatest Showman. And it was a terrific movie. But you know, like all these people are like, well, it wasn't really like that. It wasn't that. And you're like, of fucking course not, dude. It's a goddamn movie. He didn't look like Hugh Jackman. We know that. It's like Rube Waddell was played by like Channing Tatum or something like that. I don't know because uh, I feel like he could be played by that guy from uh... – Peaky Blinders, the Killing lead guy. Murphy. If you see a picture of Rube, yeah, you're probably right. But it's like I don't, and I'm not saying like the, the look <laughs> is accurate. But I feel like 
the way people would perceive it, like, why are we making a him about him? We don't have a movie about this guy. We don't have a movie about these people. And it would yeah, be fucking great. Sure. And I agree. I think it would be a great movie. Yeah, you know, just that opening scene, like a dude at a bar. And you just got to compress everything, you know, like opening scene, bar. You just think he's a bartender. Takes up his apron, drunk as shit, goes to a game, still in hot <laughs> beers from people. Goes out to the field, changes, yeah. and fucking pitches a no-no. <laughs> Like, oh, set, yeah, and then you just do it as a character piece, the whole movie, where, you know, it's like, all right, what makes this guy tick? And that's what it's about. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like it could be a successful, like, dramedy film, but, like, uh, you know how, like, Jack Black, Jack Black had, like, uh, that movie about that guy that killed his uh, wife, who was, like, way older than yeah. him? They owned, like, with, a funeral business, I think. Was it with McConaughey? Oh, yeah. Uh, something like that, because it was kind of like a comedy film, even though it was a movie about a murder, but it was based on a true I, story. I think it's got to be a... Uh, if I were to make that movie, it's got to be a character, character-driven. Yeah, for sure. Like Ray. Yes, exactly. Just like Ray. So what made you pick this to talk about? Uh... Well, to tell you the truth, we were talking about baseball last on the last mm-hmm. episode, and it, you know, if we're talking about baseball, I want to talk about my favorite player Dope. of all time. So, when did this guy become your favorite yeah, player? Just sure. from like reading and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so interesting. Like, yeah. like you have, whenever people are like, "What's who's your favorite?" Like, you have a you have a person you're growing up who you like, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. And then sure. you have like people now, and like continually it changes. You know, it's like, oh, I fucking really like this guy. Right now, I, I like the the baseball player I love is Charlie Blackman. Absolutely, really? dude. Like the dude, the dude's a fisherman. He just he's just a baller. Great freaking beard, dude. You know, no, just that's chill. true. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah, I mean, before Rube, it was actually who was my favorite. Mm. It was probably Mark McGuire just because I grew up watching there. him. I think I think I liked like Willie Mays and st- stuff like that. Yeah, I liked uh, like, so my mom was a huge Yankees fan, so I grew up learning about the history of it. So I, like, I would read about Yogi Berra yeah. and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and and uh, what's what's another one? Yeah, just Joe all the DiMaggio, Yankees that were Jack DiMaggio. <laughs> Eric DiMaggio. Paul DiMaggio. Jorge Posada, just because he's Puerto Jorge Rican. <laughs> Who is the best Puerto Rican player of all time? Of all time? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Roberto Clemente, but yeah. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> because, like... Just curious. I don't know. Yeah, because... Is, uh, is Giancarlo Stanton Puerto Rican right now? Good question. Like, in the... Gonna Google. Well, I'll, I'll Google it whenever I can. But at what, uh, at what point but does Carl- Jake Paul become Puerto Rican? He's Puerto Rican in my <laughs> eyes, dude. <laughs> yeah, and Logan Paul, dude. He's a way better wrestler than ninety-five percent of pro wrestlers right now. He's well, he's always been a freak yeah, dude. Athlete. Did you can we talk about Logan Paul? I know it's a Rube Waddell podcast. Yeah, can I yeah talk for about sure. Logan Paul for a bit. Like his. Yeah. At least in my eyes. This is how like I first came to see Logan Paul. 
was just this tall, good-looking white guy doing the splits in public. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, yeah, I remember that. And yeah, Vine, and then, right? You know, he starts doing other shit. Um, I thought at the time he was a wrestler at the University of Michigan. And I, just because really? he looked like, I was like, this guy looked like a wrestler I had saw, but like didn't wrestle at all. But I was like, dude, if you could do the splits like that, like you could, you could do a That's lot true. of shit with that flexibility, dude. Dude, and you know what's crazy? Uh, yeah, because he, that kind of flexibility reminds me of like, ironically, mm. Ben Askren. Just how he was very flexible with his hips. Which probably why he had a hip replacement uh, surgery like in his thirties, but like that funky style, I feel like you can't pull it off without good hips and flex so, flexibility. And back back yeah. to Rube, man, I just was like for a yeah. brief yeah, second, sorry. I was like, hey, I need to say this about that guy because he's a freaking athlete. But like Rube, yeah, really want to do more hit. I want to look up more on him. I think I'm intrigued. So this is yeah. this this podcast has been a great like. Hey, you guys, got to check this guy out. And hey, we don't know anybody on the dollop. I have no idea who they are, but give them a listen. Check out that full episode. That sounds like a good, good, good piece to listen to. Uh, oh, yeah, with, for sure. With that old style baseball, dude, I feel like it was so much easier to do, to just do fucking drunk, dude. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like it's also because it didn't yeah. pay much. People didn't really work yeah. hard to get there. You know, like he was literally getting paid more to wrestle Gators than he was playing yeah. baseball. And it is, it's always been a skilled game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and even those like sure. old school gloves, have you ever used one? Oh, like, no, I never used like, one, but I've my seen hand them. felt like it was just, just getting punched every time. It hurts so bad. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you. Sometimes he would yeah. get the ball, right? And he would just like, uh, fan it out because he was afraid that the ball will get on fire so the catcher won't get ca- get caught mm. on fire. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened after yeah. baseball with this guy? What was his later life like? Does anybody know? Uh, so he pursued yeah. acting <laughs> and in theater and um, he didn't have to remember lines. He would just improvise on his lines because, of course, he mm-hmm. couldn't remember. But he would get on big shows and all that, so uh, a lot of actors were frustrated with him. Working oh, I with bet. Him. If you're, like, classically trained and then you have somebody who's like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how old there, Romeo? Because you did know he's country have, as fuck. Well, did they have, like, any of the plays he did and stuff? Or? No. I tried looking for them while researching for this uh, episode. And I that find sounds thing. completely like working with Marlon Brando on The Godfather. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, imagine like having some like so much shiny objects and jewelry in the theater too. Like he's gonna Where, be like. So stuck what in else a happened after? So he did acting, right? Did he? Did he die penniless? Was yeah. he like? What, what, you know, did he have good money? Did he have kids? What happened? <clears throat> There's, let me see, just so we can look at, uh, I don't see anything about his final years about having okay. kids. I pretty much just read his final years. Uh, 
And all I know is that he had three spouses, and I have no clue if there are any kids oh. or anything. Like, there's nothing what is, listed. What is the book called? Uh, so it is called mm-hmm. Rue Baudel, The Zany Brilliant Life of a okay. Strikeout Artist. So got to end this podcast being like, hey, guys, we're, we have to read this, and I implore you guys to read this. This guy sounds like an interesting character for sure. Yeah, dude, I, I'm gonna order this book as soon as I'm done with the other two books, and I'm gonna read like I'm gonna That's read awesome. heavy on that because I'm really interested awesome. in that book. Well, hey man, uh, closing thoughts. Uh, Rue Baudel's the goat, and then Nolan Ryan's right after. <laughs> bet, bet. All right, well, you guys heard it first. Uh, Rue Baudel or second. Shout out to the doll. <laughs> um, hey guys, uh, appreciate you guys following us on the socials at Best Worth Cantina um, and at Gary Miller BWC, Main Event Poppy. Um, thank you guys. We, uh, Best Worth Cantina on Instagram, we just hit over you know, six and a half million views on a video. We've had a lot of engagement. Guys, give us a follow. Check us out on there. We're, we're trying to stay active. It's kind of crazy, actually. Just, uh, just wanted to thank you guys for that. It's pretty cool.